people say one person can't change the world, but really, like, it's mm-hmm. one person that starts the, the train, you know, yeah. it starts that movement, it starts that positivity, it starts that message, like, one person can change the mind of one person mm-hmm. who changes the mind of two people, and then it escalates, you know? Welcome to episode 017 for Rawness of Reality. I'm your host, Kevin Stalker, and in this episode, you have the opportunity to meet Zachary Redding. He is a Pittsburgh-based artist who is the general of the Spread Love Army. It's a movement that has been sweeping the Pittsburgh streets by storm, on a bus, on a healthy ride, and in the hearts of other individuals in the city. You can catch Zachary Rudder all over the city painting and collaborating with local artists. But enough from me. Here's Zachary Rudder. Well, hello, world. I'm excited <laughs> to be here. Uh, Kevin has been very adamant about getting me in here, so I'm very excited to be here mm-hmm. and talk a little bit, have a nice conversation with yep. rawness of reality. So. Let's jump right into it. So I've been wondering, what started the spread love symbol? Okay. People, people who, I, who I know from all walks of life, uh, whenever I see them out in Pittsburgh, I see the symbol pop up everywhere. Some people don't know where it's from even, and they I have it that. on their stuff. And I some people that. do. How did it start? Okay. People love it. People love the spread love symbol. That's pretty much like hands down. That's the best. I'm and happy to hear that you say that people don't know what it is. Either, yeah, some people like, don't. That's why yeah. I, I leave it very bare bones. It's just the heart. I don't put my signature. I don't put my logo or like a, my website. Like mm-hmm. nothing about it on there. I like it to be a mystery because it's slowly becoming this thing that people are like, either you know or you don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's become even more responsive because of that because people are into the whole mystery behind what this heart is like it just keeps popping up out of nowhere so mm-hmm. I love it I love it when people don't know what it is and I love that there's people out there that I call soldiers now like we're all soldiers in the spread love army mm-hmm. so there's soldiers put like pushing that message and I want that to be itself and my art to be itself you know mm-hmm. like I want those to be two separate entities that all kind of push a positive message out okay so a little bit about the Spread Love logo and um, how it started. Could you could you tell okay. us about that? So, well, originally I didn't have anything like that. Like when I first started doing art, I was trying to spray paint, like art seriously, trying to take it a, a, like mm-hmm. make it into a career. I was doing spray paint, stenciling, and graffiti with like a different like image altogether that was mysterious. It was mm-hmm. a crow, and uh, <laughs> okay. yeah, very different. Yeah, that and, is completely uh, different. It was it like. It was like getting a negative rap, like a lot of the time. So like people would be like, I didn't think of positive images when you said crow. No, no, yeah. yeah people <laughs> yeah. like, I, I, I always wanted it to just be a mystery. Like the whole mm-hmm. idea of a crow, like, always had this like mysterious vibe to it, and I liked that. Like, it's like a Jeepers Creepers on this. Yeah, yeah. It, I don't know where like a crow has always been like present in my life. So like mm-hmm. when I was, it just seemed right at the time to do that. But like. You would have to know me personally to know what the crow meant to me. Okay. Where I wanted to try and reach a broad, like a wider audience. So, mm-hmm. after like about a year of pushing that crow logo and going under this alter ego uh, as a graffiti artist, I decided that it was just not right, not legal, not mm-hmm. something I should do, and it didn't push a, a positive message. So I was yeah. working with a local artist at the time as a mentor. He, I was like trying to reevaluate my art and like start mm-hmm. fresh, kinda and. He had asked me what it was that I wanted my art to mean or say or mm-hmm. how I wanted people to perceive it. And I'd always said, like, I want something positive, something good. I want people to connect to it almost instantly. And uh, it kind of blossomed into this heart naturally. Like, I have mm-hmm. several images that I had done prior back into, like, 2015, 2016 of a bare bones heart that looks nothing like it does now. Like, almost okay. very similar, very different. And uh, it just... 
it was something that I was I picked up from an artist Keith Haring, who's a who's a famous pop artist who also spent some time in Pittsburgh in the early '80s as well. He's mm-hmm. a, he used to work with Andy Warhol and like Jean Michel Basquiat oh, and cool. people like that. Yeah, he has a heart a painting that has two figures in the foreground that are dancing. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that, it immediately radiated positivity. You could see that this love was in the air. Like the figures, although they were abstracted, had like a very obvious positive message to them. Mm-hmm. And that kind of inspired the heart that I have today. And uh, Who's been kind of like a figure or a motivating factor in the way you perceive the spread love movement? Who helped kind of like set that uh, that groundwork in your life? I'm not sure. Well, the... Be- because what, what it is is your message is about spreading positivity and it's mm. about uh, like good vibes, yeah. right? Yeah. So to have some a mindset like that, you would have had to have been influenced. Maybe it wasn't a person. Maybe it was multiple people, but okay. wh- who would you say are those biggest influences? Well, my mother's the biggest one for sure. Like she, okay. uh, she always goes around and does this thing. Well, I mean, it's not her thing, but it's she does the random act of kindness. So like, okay. it's something that's been very popular. I know Starbucks had a story where like for like months, it was this ongoing thing where every time someone would get in line they would buy the person behind theirs coffee and mm-hmm. it would just pay it forward and that next yeah. person would buy the person behind them and it happened for a long time i don't remember how long i've heard, I've heard of people telling yeah so that, like yeah. my mother's been doing those random act of kindness things my entire life so mm-hmm. like it's just it was always this idea that like one small thing can make someone's whole day and yeah. that was the biggest thing that had happened but i'd worked with like that that uh, local artist is his name is baron batch i worked with him for a little mm-hmm. bit and he was the one that had asked me what I wanted my artwork to mean. So he kind of pushed me into wanting to focus on that positive love message, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily helped with the heart or the design like that. It kind of just threw me in the right direction. Yeah. And like just little moments of meeting people and like that, that one little subtle smile you could put on someone's face from having a Mm -hmm. nice conversation or meeting someone or complimenting somebody was, is really something that I want my art to like embellish. Yeah. And the, the symbol, the spread heart symbol does radiate. And, and it even like, because you have like the, uh, the notches on the side, yeah. it's like, it's radiating like a sun. For sure. Oh you know? man, I love that. Yeah. 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 That's, that's what it makes me think of. And speaking of sun, we have this painting here. Yeah. Uh, so did you paint this while you were at the beach? No, no, no. So this one, okay. this one's a little bit older. I had this. I painted this on the streets of Pittsburgh with Louis Castle, who's okay. a Aronis of Reality uh, veteran, I guess <laughs> yeah. you could say. But uh, we he, we were doing uh, some street performing or busking is what they mm-hmm. call it, where he would carry his acoustic guitar and I had a little uh, easel that folded up into a, like a backpack strapped mm. to my back with the canvas on it, and we were walking from like Squirrel Hill to downtown to the North Shore, mm-hmm. just setting up. Painting. And so this one painting took like a whole day then? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and through how many different locations did you say? Uh, I would say that day. Like we did it for a while and a bunch mm-hmm. of different days and d- different places. This day, probably three or four different spots. So he, we, yeah. he has a few. He busks all the time. So mm-hmm. like he has his spots where he likes to go. And I just follow his lead because he's a yeah. professional with that type of stuff. But uh, this painting actually was originally two other paintings. So like I typically, mm. like my artwork has its own life and like, I, I, my, ultimately I want the artwork to go to someone's home and, and, and brighten their day and stuff like yeah. that so like if I have a painting that's not getting enough attention or people aren't interested in it I want to reevaluate and reassess what that is so mm-hmm. this one was originally a little girl picking a flower and then I ultimately painted over that and put a small boy 
I called it like a punk rock kid. Mm-hmm. And he had liberty spikes and a little tear coming down his face. I actually left the face of the boy in the painting. I was going to say, I see the face. It's yeah. the only part of that piece that still exists. So everything around it is comic books that I collaged. And then mm-hmm. over top of that, I had done the sunset over the ocean yeah. to kind of symbolize uh, that no matter how bad of a day you have, there's always a brighter tomorrow. And mm. all the images in the background, such as the boy crying and the comic books, are all negative or sad in some way. And there's this positive, colorful image on the foreground. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's... I call it sunrise. It's sunrise, it's sunrise, yeah. yeah. And uh, could you talk uh, to our listeners and let them know a little bit about where the comic books come into play? Okay. And if the comic books and the paintings are always uh, going side by side and like coincide. Okay. Well, I mean, comic books for me is how I even started doing art ever in my life. I got okay. my first comic book when I was seven years old. And uh, since then, it's been drawing Nonstop, like I got the first comic book I got was Spider Man, and like not even a few minutes after that, I was already trying to draw the cover of it. And since then, I've been collecting comic books avidly and drawing every day since I was seven years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it kind of blossomed my spark for it, like the interest in art. And uh, what the comic books in my painting didn't really happen till college. Like I, I didn't do my first painting until my senior year of college or mm-hmm. of high school. And then in college is when I started really taking painting more seriously. And uh, I had done this trip to London as a spring break trip through school, mm-hmm. and I had made it my mission to take artwork with me and leave it there, like a scavenger hunt, like a yeah. like a citywide tourist scavenger hunt type of thing. And I had given myself one month to try and paint 35 paintings. Mm-hmm. So the comic books in the art started as a procrastination thing, where I, yeah. not get, I did not give myself enough time to do 35 paintings. So I was painting every day before any comic books were even involved, and there was just areas on all 35 of them that were not finished mm-hmm. by the time for the trip. So I'm like grabbing glue and looking for stuff to just slap on there. <laughs> and the comic books started as these random splots to fill in space. And yeah. that's where the connection came to me that like those images are still going to relate to people and it's still going to have that effect. Mm-hmm. And those, that, those 35 paintings are very different than what I'm, I'm doing now. So mm-hmm. that kind of, the procrastination blossomed into this whole idea where I'm putting the comic books underneath to depict negative negativity on the background mm-hmm. and in the foreground I put something positive or beautiful or colorful okay. or sexy I mean sexy we got yeah. so I'm constantly trying to I, I, like put something like it's like life yin and yang mm-hmm. like good and bad right and wrong mm-hmm. love and hate so like the background is that hate the foreground is the so, love so the comic books you strategically pick out which comics go behind I look for scenes that people can relate to. I don't look for Spider-Man or Superman. I look okay. for, like, traffic or women crying or police officers or mm-hmm. people with guns or fist fighting. I look for things like that that we've all felt and been yeah. uncomfortable around. Mm-hmm. And I try and paint something above that that makes those, people those feel better. Those seem to be the issues that uh, we have the hardest time talking about. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And, and that's what I want my art to be is the conversation. Like, I want each piece to blossom into some type of conversation between people that don't even know each other. Mm-hmm. Like, when I'm setting up at festivals or music shows or things like that, that's the first thing people come up and say is, oh, I dig the comic books. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. read into them. Tell me what you think of those. Tell me how those make you feel or do they remind you of anything from your own life? And that's when I'm now having a very casual, very honest conversation with somebody about their life. Like, I've had people tell me that, like, this made me think of my father or this made me think of this or that. And mm-hmm. it's just, it starts that conversation. How, how does that make you feel as an individual when somebody comes up and they're, like, extremely uh, impacted by your artwork? I... I, it makes I mean, that's what it's all about yeah, to be yeah, entirely yeah, honest yeah. like uh-huh. that's why I do it I've, I've had people come up to my artwork 
and cry. And in college, I did this piece called The Epitome of Loneliness. I'll have to send it to you. Maybe we can put it up like yeah, right yeah, here. But, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a picture of a... So it was, I did this whole series in college, which all, all my artwork in college is completely separate from what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. I, I, I tried to diverse the two. And I was doing these things I like to call like sculptural pieces, like sculptural paintings. Mm-hmm. And I was building platforms and uh, combining them all together at different levels to put like... The, what was important in the foreground and what was le- least important or tell a story in a different way like that mm-hmm. and this painting had a, a man that was sitting with his head on his hands and a phone that had a blank screen on it and the next to it was like a whole thing of beer bottles and underneath it was a drowning man in a, in a body of water and I called it the epitome of loneliness because I was trying to display mm-hmm. that, that, that feeling of not having anyone mm-hmm. and a, w- a woman saw that when I was in college and immediately started crying it, she said it mm-hmm. reminded her of her father and that was what like that whole thing that had happened and seeing that really really like just it made me want to do more paintings like that more emotionally driven mm-hmm. paintings and things that can make you have that type of feeling in your in your gut and in your heart and it's it's mm-hmm. uh, it's powerful so i have about five to ten different sketchbooks that i always constantly pick so up then and go back you can to. go through them and then, yeah okay i have ideas all the time mm-hmm. but like it's not until i'm at that event or when i'm painting that i really think about what I want to put on there Mm -hmm. and like with the comic books I never think about the comic books at all like I have a pile of them that I like I'm constantly just ripping and and stacking them and just keeping those piles separate and then gluing them spontaneously randomly like nothing Mm -hmm. is ever planned with the comic books in the background Mm -hmm. other than having that pile to just pick from so that is like a nice little surprise at the end so I'll Mm -hmm. have the comic books on there I'll paint something that I'm feeling in that moment like Mm -hmm. typically at events like I wait until I find someone that makes me think of something or an object that's local that makes me want to do something along those lines and after that's said and done and the painting is finished is when I go back in and look at all the comic books so it's Mm -hmm. like a little surprise for myself as well as well as the viewers that are looking at it Mm -hmm. that's cool could you talk about what it's like having your symbol all over Pittsburgh on a Port Authority bus. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Not something I never thought was ever gonna mm-hmm. happen. Honestly, like, like you start. You started with a car. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. Was it a Beamer? Yeah, it was yeah. A, a BMW wagon, a '95 wagon. Mm-hmm. So, so '95 wagon, and then was it a bus after that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was a lot that went in between. So the wagon I painted in uh, 2017, mm-hmm. and then. Never thought anything about cars ever again. Never wanted to paint mm-hmm. on vehicles or like. I mean, I would obviously, ultimately, always want to paint on one, but like, it never crossed my mind that I could do something like that again. Yeah. And uh, it was the Three Rivers Arts Festival in 2018. So now a year after painting the car, almost to the day, I painted the car in August, and I think the Three Rivers Festival is in like mid July. Mm-hmm. So I painted a canvas of a bus of a local Port Authority bus. And had painted the spread love heart all over that mm-hmm. canvas. Was it was it on a bridge? Too? Yeah, okay. yeah. It was going across yeah. the Smithfield Street Bridge. Mm-hmm. It was another thing where I had done that for the Three Rivers Arts Festival. So I was set up on Liberty Avenue. And I kind of had passed the Smithfield Street Bridge earlier that mm-hmm. day. And it was fresh in my mind. And okay, as yeah. I'm standing there setting up my like my table and all my artwork, a big bus walk, drives right past. And I'm like, oh, well, that'd be cool. Like I yeah. already wanted to do the bridge. Why not do the bus going across the bridge? Mm-hmm. And never thinking, hey, let's make that a real bus. You know, mm-hmm. it was just like, that would be a cool image to paint for everyone in Pittsburgh. I'm, I'm on yeah. Liberty Avenue. People are walking to the bus stop. I'm one. I'm like one restaurant away from the bus stop for people's daily mm-hmm. commute. I was like, they'll, they'll enjoy seeing a, pre- a pretty color of, or a pretty colorful image of what they're dealing with every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, had finished that in one day. I mean, that was maybe a five-hour painting I had done throughout the duration of the day. And... 
sat on it, just left it in my studio, didn't really <laughs> post it or promote it or have it in any shows, anything like that. And uh, fast forward to like mid October of 2018, mm-hmm. there was a lot of sad things that were happening in the city, such as like the passing of Mac Miller, who's a huge uh, icon in my life. Like I mm-hmm. love his music, and I've grown up listening to him. And the, the Tree of Life shooting and the t- and the, that, that terrible mm-hmm. situation. So I kind of I had the idea to maybe to put it on Twitter and tweet at Port Authority the painting, just to tag them and see if they could mm-hmm. push that painting further. And I just said like it would be cool if the city could have some positive like imagery driving around the city yeah thinking that they'd just comment like cool pick thanks yeah. <laughs> like like the idea instead the ceo direct messaged me and said she loved the idea let's make this a real bus and through a lot of like trial and design and, mm-hmm. and paperwork we finally got the bus up this may i believe or may, maybe late april of 2019 yeah yeah and it's and been driving around how since. long will it be driving around they said initially at least through the summer, but I haven't been given a mm-hmm. deadline. It could hope. I, in my mind, I hope it goes for the rest of the time. I hope well, it's always around. Well, I mean, the the idea you had is extremely admirable, mm-hmm. and to to be cognizant of the feeling of everyone in Pittsburgh, just just as individuals, as as people going through their day, mm-hmm. knowing that there were horrific events that were affecting them internally, giving giving them an opportunity to have hope and. Uh, this this spread love symbol is like love you know so giving that opportunity to people to really experience that is like it's extremely admirable so like definitely thank thank you you. like yeah yeah, (laughs) no that's awesome i'm just a messenger trying to push something that should be obvious you know Mm -hmm. in my mind like it it always came off as silly and cheesy when i first started doing it to most Mm -hmm. people and it still kind of does but like it, that's what people relate to the most something mm-hmm. that's the simplest to understand and that's what really made me want to do that I mean even getting back to like like Mr. Rogers neighborhood he always talked about like won't you be my neighbor or, yeah. or like just walk around with love in your heart and that was something that I was like that's so obvious like Mr. Rogers this, mm-hmm. <laughs> like why are we not like being neighborly and it, communicating and, and you kind of hit on why people don't maybe mm-hmm. because it, it does seem corny or cheesy yeah. and we need to remember like Maybe it does seem that way, but being authentic isn't corny. Yeah. You know, being cheesy and like being like fun is isn't a bad thing. You Definitely. know what I mean? We need that. We need that positive influence. I in think our to life. a lot of people, positivity is hard. It's mm-hmm. difficult. It's much easier to be angry or upset or, or miserable or bitter. Yeah. I, I I'd like to challenge people to to try and be positive. You know, when you start to think positive in inward that comes outward and people start to connect and relate to that as well Mm -hmm. so that's why i mean even in my bad days or when i mean i definitely get angry and i get mad and i get sad but i try and force that out with positivity at Mm -hmm. least like when i am upset i think of the the positives that could come of that Mm -hmm. and typically there always are a positive to every negative yeah and i think that that's something that people need to start appreciating and, and thinking about more like one thing that happened to me in college I mean, it was a terrible example of, like, how to get out of class and stuff. Someone came up to me and said, hey, we should go swimming at Rock Falls up in Slippery Rock. I graduated from Slippery Rock University. And I was like, oh, man, I have a class in, like, a half an hour. And it was, like, it was like a general ed class, mm-hmm. like uh, like meteorology or something. And I was like, oh, man, I can't skip class. And they looked at me and said, is that meteorology class going to matter in five years? And I was like, you know what, you're right. Let's go swimming at Rock Falls. But yeah. that, that, like, that will this matter in X amount of time 
has really stood out in my mind. Like, I, if I get upset, I think, man, am I going to be upset about this in a half an hour? Mm-hmm. Typically not. That's a, that's a good mindset to have. Yeah, if, yeah. I, or, uh, if I wake up tomorrow and it's still on my mind, mm-hmm. then I'll worry about it. Yeah. Never, it's never on my mind the next day, mm-hmm. you know, like just in general, anything that happens. Uh, yeah, so. to take a step back sometimes and really reevalu- reevaluate your stance in the situation is crucial to you as that Definitely. individual. Definitely. Yeah. So I, I used to have terrible anger problems. I'm mm-hmm. talking about, like, I was the angriest person I knew. Oh, wow. Yeah, and, and I would just pop off with a swing. Like, oh, no I, Yeah, yeah. And, oh, I don't get that from you at all anymore. <laughs> well, oh, wow. well I, yeah, I was dealing with my own issues uh, yeah. back home, in and out of, like, foster homes and different group homes and things like that. And uh, I, I wanted to take the anger I had um, of my past out on the people around me, just so they could they could feel it. And then as I grew and uh, people started mentoring me and people started guiding me in a better direction, I realized that I can use this this negativity in my past to showcase why we should be positive, you know, Definitely. why why we should be better people so that we don't recreate stories like I could tell. You know what Definitely. I mean? So that so that we can create better uh, circumstances for the people of the next generation. And uh, I, I think it's crucial to... Uh, really take that step back and really think is this gonna matter like that's yeah. that's a perfect way to look at it so yeah definitely i mean like you were saying you had negative things that have happened to you in life and mm-hmm. like that morphed who you are today so like mm-hmm. i mean we've we've all had moments of negativity where we thought it's never going to get better than this you know yeah. and that's what uh it, it's happened to me as well like i've dealt with family issues like Thanksgiving at my house used to end in fist fights every year. So, yeah. I mean, I have a huge family, so it's 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 no surprise. But uh, that kind of I saw the outcome of that. You know, mm-hmm. you know what ends up happening when people fight? People stop talking, things break yeah. up. Like, no n- no good comes of it. Nothing so nothing helps. Seeing that and experiencing that is really another thing that helped me see like maybe it's not the best answer. You know, mm-hmm. and that's helped me. Yeah, we I I think we really need to pay attention to our past to help uh see where we're going to go in our future. We can't ignore what happened, mm-hmm. uh but we can't we can't hold on to it so strongly that it dictates our future. Definitely. But we have to we have to recognize it for what it was so that we're stronger going Definitely. forward. And uh if it's if it's not for those those opportunities to be in uh, negative uh, circumstances, we wouldn't be who the, who we are today. Definitely. So uh, and like I don't want to. It, it sounds like we're making it seem very easy. It's not. Oh it's, yeah, it's no, definitely no, not no, an easy thing no, to God, like. No. Like this mm-hmm. is a, this has been a whole lifetime for you and I. I'm mm-hmm. sure to have to focus with these issues that we have internally. Yeah, but, and you and know. still I I see myself uh, getting worked up about different things, but having this this mentality, having this mindset of Things things turn around. Yeah. And and you can have a good attitude even in the, in the darkest of days. Yeah. And and things do get better. Definitely. So so you're right. It's not easy at all no. by any means. It's a life lesson. Yeah. It it, it's a it's yeah. a lifelong lesson, I guess I should mm-hmm. say. Like you're no one's ever going to be able to tell you this. You're going to one day the the switch is going to flip yeah. and you're going to be like, "Wow." Everyone has been saying this. I'm finally feeling this, you mm-hmm. know? And like that's what happened to me. I uh I remember once I I I got in a fight and this is after years of fighting, and I, I hit someone and I broke my pinky on their face. Oh, no. And right away, this arm was already in a sling from football practice. Mm. So when I hit him, I had two, like I had lack of two arms. Yeah. And he, he then wailed on me, like constantly. I got suspended from high school for 10 days. 
I thought to myself, I, I had to get surgery on my pinky. Mm. Like you can see, it. it's it's pretty messed up. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it was like this though. So I I remember this happening, and I remember the surgery costed about eleven hundred dollars. So I thought to myself, well, fighting's costing me more money than it's making me, and I'm not a boxer. I'm not a like professional fighter. I should probably stop doing this. Yeah. And that was like the last fight I ever got in eleventh grade. Uh, but but it was really it was really powerful to like be able to look at that situation and turn it around, you mm. know, and, and see why like things don't yeah. need to be that way. Sometimes you hit rock bottom and that's when it happens, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, some people are, are fortunate enough to catch it before you get there, but most of the time you need to get there and yeah. you need to experience that, that that lowest of the low to be able to pick yourself up and start getting higher and rise, mm-hmm. you know. And that it happens to everybody. I mean I've had situations with my artwork specifically, like, where I thought this was the thing. You know, I was like, oh, man. You know, even, I was, uh, I think I was 19 when I painted that BMW. Mm-hmm. And I remember just being like, oh, this is it. Like, oh, this is going to put me there. I'm going to be where I want to be. And when it didn't happen, I was like, bomber. Oh, mm-hmm. no. Well, back to the drawing board, you know. Like, like even the negativity, don't look at it as a failure or mm-hmm. the end. You know, there's always a new beginning and a new thing to exactly. strive towards. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, there's so many cheesy quotes that you can, like, say about it. But, like, those yeah. cheesy quotes, it gets back to the spread love heart being a cheesy, silly, obvious thing. It's, like, it's so obvious there's that a, you really need to, like, focus in on there's it. There's a good uh, Mahatma Gandhi quote. Mm. It's, uh, be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. And I, I just think that's, like, an amazing quote. I love that, dude. I, yeah. I love that. Because, like, people say one person can't change the world. But really, like, it's mm-hmm. one person that starts the, the train. You know, yeah. it starts that movement. It starts that positivity. It starts that message. Like, one person can change the mind of one person mm-hmm. who changes the mind of two people and then it escalates you know i've always i've always said and and i see people resonate this with this pretty well if i could influence one person in an auditorium for a speech well then i've done my job yeah just one person and it it, it may sound like this like great like thing to say but i genuinely mean it and i, and I believe Definitely. you do too uh as as you as people approach your art and people approach you you're you're affecting them one person at a time. That's all you gotta do. And I yeah, love it. I yeah. love it. It's it's uh, paying it forward. Yeah, even even yeah. yesterday I was at uh, I was live painting at the Vine Rewind music mm-hmm. festival they had down on Penn Avenue, and uh, this girl that was in college was coming up and just looking at artwork and talking about wanting to get something for a dorm room, mm-hmm. and she didn't even I mean she didn't even end up getting anything but I stood there and I talked to her about the heart and I always give free stickers away and I'm sure a lot of people know by now like if you come up to me you could get a free sticker yeah. I have them on me always I have one on my phone now because I was like what do I do with these yeah, <laughs> like, right. was... every time I see you I give you one <laughs> yeah. so. but uh, I gave her a sticker and I told her all about it and I watched her run up to her parents and immediately explain that whole sticker and everything I had just said to those two people wow. so I, I watched it work I mm-hmm. watched the message get spread and it was just such a powerful thing and ultimately her parents came back and ended up buying some merchandise like just like I have mm-hmm. uh, tank tops and stuff they ended up really appreciating what their daughter had picked up from that moment that they wanted to come and support me mm-hmm. and it's really that e- like talking it's the whole conversation thing that I keep saying about the artwork it's like I had a conversation with one person that felt so moved that they went and had a conversation with two people and it's it came and they paid it forward and they came mm-hmm. right back you know like it's just it's really just a matter of instead of fighting talking you know mm-hmm. it really can have an open dial yeah yeah, yeah seriously. I completely agree like, people yeah. are too quick to get upset. That's what this whole anger is easy. Mm-hmm. Like love is hard, and that's what's mm-hmm. that's what kind of motivates me. You know, like people like a challenge. I like I love a challenge. So seeing something that seems impossible, fighting a losing battle against the 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 means of hate, I guess is whatever that I'm fighting is a uh, it's it's a challenge that I want to overcome and win mm-hmm. and ultimately 
end, you know? Yeah. Which is, I mean, I think hate will always be a presence, but mm-hmm. we could always have more love. Yeah, and and if uh, what you said is true, if hate is easier than love, but love is uh, achievable and it takes work, if more people work at loving, well, then it'll be easier to extinguish the hate. Definitely. Wow. Because, because it's such a stronger thing to work towards. So those things in which are harder to attain yeah. are inevitably going to cast a shadow on the things that are easier. Uh, so something like love and hate, if more people are showcasing love, then hate isn't going to feel much love. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. oh, I love that. Hate doesn't feel any love. <laughs> yeah. That's like, that might be my next tweet. <laughs> yeah, that's Seriously. What's up. The, the message like that I'm trying to promote, like the obviousness of the love versus hate thing, like I want the people to be able to take that and use that same mentality in their own ways. Like, mm-hmm. like, like the hate in your life could be anything. Like if like you're, you feel like you're overweight and you need to lose some weight, like mm-hmm. the hate in your life then is eating and not exercising. And the love that you need to find is the motivation to eat well and exercise yeah. daily and do what you need to do. And that, that's just one example of the way that I want this message to be changed and, mm-hmm. and personalized to each individual, you know, like it's an obvious thing and I want it to be something that people can relate to and pick up on. Yeah. So, so that leads me to my next question then. Friendship studio sessions. Okay. Did I say that right? Yeah. Well, okay. well, well, well studio friendship, so, yeah. friendship sessions. Studio friendship, friendship <laughs> sessions. a mouthful. Yeah. But... Yeah. I always, I always like jumble them around. So yeah. studio friendship, friendship sessions yeah. is uh, you and Benton. You guys started that YouTube channel right there was, together. There was like the, uh, so it's Benton Palermo, Pat Hogan, myself, uh, Louis Castle, and Louis Goldwater were all the original founders. We were the ones involved mm-hmm. from the very, the very beginning, and yes. since then it's kind of blossomed out to just like me and Benton and Pat more than Louis and Goldwater. But they're focusing mm-hmm. on their own paths and, and dealing with their own things. So it started as a way to meet new people that are doing something could similar you, to could us. Could you talk a little bit, like, just as if I'm a novice, okay. uh, and I have no idea what this is, could you okay. give us a brief description of it? So, Studio Friendship is my working, living studio space. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in Friendship, PA, on Friendship Avenue. So, mm-hmm. when I came up with the name, I, it was it was actually originally a different Pat, Pat Hera and Louis Castle, and I were all hanging out when I first moved into the studio back in November of 2018, and we're sitting there... Louie had his guitar like he always does, and Pat is a musician that had his guitar as well. And uh, we were just jamming to them playing, mm-hmm. and I had a commission that I was working on at the time, and I was like, man, I'm feeling so good, I kind of want to like paint a little bit, Like, I'm yeah. going to paint while you guys play. And then after several hours of drinking and doing that, we were like, "Man, this would be cool to do all the time. Like, mm-hmm. let's see this. Let's see what we could turn this into." And it, it, that kind of blossomed into the friendship sessions mm-hmm. just from that natural, organic moment of us collaborating. Mm-hmm. Without even, we didn't even know we were collaborating at the time. You know, they were doing what they love. I was doing what yeah. I loved, and it ended up being that thing. And we were all talking about what this place should be called. Like, I mean, it's it's. A glorified adult dorm room, kind of. It's a big open studio space with high ceilings. And I, my bedroom is right... It, it's all one room. My bed is next to my mm-hmm. easel, next to my living room, next to my dining room. And uh, we were thinking names, and Friendship PA stood out. Friendship Avenue stood out. And mm-hmm. we were like, it's just so obvious. Everything I do, I try and keep it as simple as possible. Like, let's call it Studio Friendship. We're trying to collaborate and make new friends. Mm-hmm. Friendship sessions. It all just kind of fits so well, like a puzzle. And we were like, it's just, it's, it's just needs to. It's, and it's, and now you're, uh, you're filming for season two. 
yeah, yeah. So season one, we started uh, on January second. I had a I had a crazy New Year's Eve party at my studio, January first. Well, obviously, and then the very next day, I think Jan- I think New Year's was on a Tuesday this year. Mm-hmm. That Wednesday was the very first friendship session with Louis Castle, and we've been doing it uh, just about every Wednesday up until then. We have twelve episodes of season one which is 24 songs so, so the way that the friendship sessions work is uh a new musician from pittsburgh typically we're trying to keep it very pittsburgh ori- mm-hmm. oriented uh comes in and does two songs one song is their, one of their originals that they wrote themselves mm-hmm. and the second song is a cover song of their choice and they just do it one take no no we uh okay. it's a day of filming we we typically do three takes of both songs mm-hmm. and then either pick the best one uh, benton is a fantastic videographer so he oftentimes likes doing one takes where it's just he goes through and does his thing and mm-hmm. makes it look beautiful of course and uh so oftentimes choose the one takes but he'll do three takes no matter what mm-hmm. and sometimes musicians have been like i really didn't like this or that and we'll be like let's do a couple more takes let's get it so you you guys feel comfortable too and we channel that all down and i'm live painting while this is mm-hmm. all happening so we, what we call it is like a mix of uh like a bob ross joy of painting meets uh npr's tiny desk or mtv unplugged so mm-hmm. it's these two worlds of art both things are very art and uh creative coming together mm-hmm. in, a, in a beautiful way to make friends like the friendship session yeah. collaboration that's what it's all about and mm-hmm. it even ties in a little bit with the spread love army and meeting new people and working with people and talking to, to new people and uh it's kind of it's it's grown. So season one has twelve different artists or twelve different musicians, mm-hmm. and uh, I've done twelve different paintings for that. Season two, we're shooting for early September to release, and we already have the first three filmed. We're shooting the next two coming up. The next two, we'll have a uh, Walkman, who's a local rapper, and Lynn Starr. Mm-hmm. We're doing two in one day for the first time, so yeah. that'll be a a, a lot. And so well, that means you have to paint two separate paintings in one day. Oh yeah, wow. okay. yeah. So I'm gonna do, and we're even gonna like so every time. Uh, since this is in my studio space most times mm-hmm. I have artwork lined as the backdrop and every video has different artwork oftentimes the painting from the one before that's what I was just going to ask yeah. because you invited me to me and a couple friends uh, studio session you guys did and I noticed uh, this is for the third one mm-hmm. uh, right after Mars Jackson's it'll be Back Alley Sound yeah yeah. yeah and um, I remember being there and I saw uh, the first two paintings that you did for the first two of the second season and I was like, this is really cool how, how you guys put them in there. Yeah. And then uh, you see about like, like episode 12, like you have 12 different paintings. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, wow, this, this is like really cool like yeah. you, that you keep up that consistency. Definitely. So, it's uh, a lot. And like, yeah. Sometimes I don't finish the painting by the end. So having it in the next video shows the finished process, mm, the progress. Okay. So that's, that's I like cool. that as well. It's a callback to the mm-hmm. ones before. Well, you finished the, uh, the two, I did, the two yeah. gentlemen boxing. Yeah, that uh, was like the first time in a yeah. good while that I like. So, like I said, that so back alleys I think was gonna be our fifteenth or sixteenth session, mm-hmm. and that, that's sixteen paintings I've done. Uh, I would say about half of them get finished by the end, mm-hmm. and that was one that's it's been a while since I finished by so the then, end. So then it's it's a goal for you then by the next uh, yeah the filming of the next one that you'd like to have that finished yep. so that you can put it in there definitely and I, it keeps me focused and keeps me busy so I'm constantly thinking of new ideas like mm-hmm. I, I don't even know what to do for two paintings in one day coming up like, yeah it's gonna I, well, I try and uh, strategically place them to mm-hmm. fit the vibe of the musicians coming through so I try to keep with that would you would you uh, have those paintings uh, relate to each other in any way maybe 
I have I have in the past. So in season one specifically, the very first painting was a series of work that I do called The Battle of Love and Hate. And mm-hmm. it had what was symbolized by an angel is love with a sword and hate as death, you know, mm-hmm. the skull with the with the, the scythe or whatever, fighting each other with a heart in the center. And I did a callback to that painting on uh, session number nine with the summer camp where I had done uh, Cupid shooting a, a bow at, mm. a, a, at this figure of death. So I did a, a callback to an earlier piece by doing a, the next part of that series. Yeah. And I've done that a few times. Like, um, typically I, I paint like seductive looking women. So I'll do women that are similar to each other. Or uh, I do a series of pa- uh, paintings of boats in outer space. Mm-hmm. And I call them spaceships. So I, I think I have a spaceship in this season and a spaceship in the season before as well. We're ready for burst time. Uh, this isn't the first time for burst time, but here we are. Okay. So, <laughs> oh, man, I got this pack of Starburst here. I love it. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to share the Starburst. I'm going to ask you some quick questions. Okay. Hopefully, you answer them fast. I try to put timers on. Nobody really sticks to the timers. I don't stick to the timers. <laughs> so, we're just going to eat these, and I'm going to ask you questions. Uh, please pick your favorite flavor. So, okay. all of my favorites. I mean, all the Starbursts are my favorite, but I have mm-hmm. a special place in my heart for the just yellow open one. Open it all the way. Okay. You don't have to eat these all. Um, I'm but, but, you know, if you did want to finish the king-size Starburst pack, <laughs> be my guest. Like, I'm okay with it. It's funny that you do this because when I was in <laughs> high school, Starburst were, like, my known, like, snack. Like, really? Yeah. Really? Okay. My 16th birthday party, I think I had, I want to say, 16 Starburst packs given to me as mm-hmm. presents from friends. Like, they would give me a specific present, and then every one of them had a Starburst pack with it. Like, okay. It was my calling card. That's what's up then, yeah. yeah. I uh, I don't know why I picked Starburst. I just like the, the name Burst Time. Yeah. And it rhymes. It's not with... the first time for <laughs> yeah. Burst Time. Yeah, yeah. And, but awesome. here we are. Uh, so so who's your favorite painter? Who's my favorite painter? Uh, mm-hmm. Well, definitely Keith Haring, as I mentioned before, is one that's inspired me like the most with my artwork. But uh, I have a special place in my heart for all of art history. Um, specifically calling back to Caravaggio, like uh, Michelangelo Caravaggio was a painter in the Baroque period, mm-hmm. and he had done these images of extreme lights and darks, like high contrast of like a bright figure glowing in a dark background, much similarly to the painting you have here. Like I love that he started with a black surface and has mm-hmm. that stuff peeking through. I had done a series of work trying to embellish that. Like It's, it's called uh, uh, Chiroscuro where it's like a painting of light and dark. And uh, I tried to do that without any comic books in the Mm -hmm. past. I've had all black backgrounds similar to that. And I just tried to paint something just popping and and brightly exploding exploding in your face. Mm So Caravaggio is one that's always inspired me. Uh, Picasso. I I mean, art-wise, I love Caravaggio's work. It's very hyper-realistic, very intense, and very gory most Mm -hmm. of the time. But I look to other artists for like business inspirations or motives to make to help push myself further Mm -hmm. like with Picasso I wasn't learning about his paintings and what year they were made I was learning about what he was doing when he was 18 Mm -hmm. how did he get to be where he was when he was 25 what is he doing when he's 30 and 40 and Mm -hmm. I did that with Warhol as well like Andy Warhol is a hometown legend and obviously one of the biggest artists in the world (laughs) of all time and uh I don't I don't necessarily enjoy his artwork but the way that he made his artwork known is mm-hmm. something that was always very exciting to me. And I, I, I learned about all, all these different artists from all different areas. Um, Salvador Dali is another one. And mm-hmm. I mean, all these greats that people recognize and still talk about to this day are the ones that I want to learn about. Yeah. And uh, so what, what would be your ideal book to read on the beach? Hmm. 
Um, I have a special place in my heart for Fountainhead by Ayn Rand. Okay. Um, it's a, it's a good, a, a good uh, fictional telling of thinking outside the box. Like, I can't remember the main character's name, but he. He was similar to, like, the Frank Lloyd Wright. It's a book about architects in the early 1900s trying to make careers for themselves. So there's one person, I think his name was Peter Keaton, who stuck to the straight and narrow. He did everything the way all the architects did. Mm -hmm. And he grew to success so much quicker than the, um, I think his name was Henry, who is this person that wanted to be one with nature and thought of these different ideas and ways to morph architecture and nature together and was laughed at and ridiculed. But at the end, ultimately rises and succeeds, and that's what I love. I love the underdog stories. I love mm-hmm. that. I, I typically that's like one of the only books that I read that aren't based on real life, mm-hmm. and uh, that was one that really, really helped motivate me and think about my way of an, an understandings of life. Other ones I like. I like biographies. Mm-hmm. Like I like philosophy. I like books on business and like yeah. things like that. So. so you're an avid reader. Okay. Um, not so much this year. I've just been mm-hmm. way too busy recently, but like. In college, I was reading a lot. I was mm-hmm. trying to do at least a book, uh, a book or two every so every month or so. Yeah. What is one obscure thing that you never leave home without? Hmm. It's not obscure, but I mean, I always have my sketchbook. Mm-hmm. I'm like I said, constantly sketching and drawing. So like, this is a new book, but I still have mm-hmm. tons and tons of images in there. Okay, that's cool. That's one thing. I mean, I never, I never leave without uh, a book, like one of those. Mm. But I don't sketch very well. Yeah. I write my ideas, poetry, thoughts. Well, a sketchbook is not meant to be this perfect thing. Like, that's what Mm -hmm. I think a lot of artists don't understand is, like, every drawing isn't meant to be a masterpiece. Mm -hmm. Like, my sketchbook in my back pocket, I want to beat the hell out of it. You know, I want to dirty that thing up. I want to put my thoughts down, scribble to jot it and not perfect. Don't you love looking back on that? Oh, I do, yeah. Yeah, I love it. I have uh, a, I call it, like, uh, I call it my sketchbook graveyard, but right next to my easel, I have pretty much every sketchbook I've ever had. Really? Right there. Yeah, I mean, from probably about 2014, Mm -hmm. I don't think I have anything from high school. So when I started college is when I started sketching avidly. Like, when I was in college, I was doing five a day at least. Mm -hmm. And I have all these books just like piled up on top of each other in the the sketchbook graveyard. And I always call back to them. And I love looking back at older Mm -hmm. stuff. Even, like, the heart, I had sat on that for a while. Like, I had done an image of two birds on a wire kissing with a little generic heart that looks similar to that in maybe like 2015 and about a year later after doing that is when I finally made a painting of it and that's when I refined it and it ultimately grew from that so mm-hmm. like looking back and things that in, my, in my growth as an artist has really helped make who I am today okay so I want you to try to visualize this you're welcome to close your eyes or not okay. uh, it's up to you Open this um, so you're, you're in a boat Mm. and you're out at sea. You were on a ship, but the ship sank. You're in a boat alone, out at sea. What are three items that you wish you could have grabbed right before you got on that boat? Oh, man. I mean, is like a pen and paper one item, or is that two items? Uh, You know, I'll let you... That can be one. (laughs) Yeah. Because, like, that's (laughs) always... I mean, if I don't have... Like, I always have a Sharpie in my back pocket Mm -hmm. and a sketchbook with me as well. Uh, So definitely... The, the sketchbooks, music, any type of anything I can make music with. If it's an instrument that I'm going to spend on a on a boat learning, <laughs> I've right. tried to, I've tried to learn instruments in the past, but mm-hmm. definitely some form of uh in, uh music. Ultimately, I'd love it to be an iPod, but the batteries would die. Yeah, maybe get a Zune. Those things never <laughs> die. <laughs> Zunes are 
dead. <laughs> uh, and a third item, man, I don't know. I mean, those two things are really, that would get me through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Ultimately, I guess if I'm thinking survival, something to start a, like, well, you can't start a fire, a fishing rod. I'll take a fishing rod. That's good. Okay, Boom. that's good. Yeah. yeah. We'll and then you can the eat the barnacles smart. on the side of the boat and then fish. Boom. Yeah, daring. Money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so what does rawness of reality mean to you? Rawness of reality. Um, I think, I think reality is shifted in 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 society. I think that we all have these preconceived ideas of what reality is, and I mm-hmm. think having the rawness show through is the truth and the honesty. So when I thought of rawness of reality, I thought of not hiding behind a facade and being mm-hmm. true and honest, and that's what it kind of means to me. Yeah. All right. That's what's up. Uh, that's that's really all I have for you today. Do you have anything? coming up in your life that you'd like to tell the listeners or that they could be a part of definitely um so definitely try and be involved in the spread love army it's as simple as spreading the message to your closest friend and loved one um i have an event i don't know if this will be released by the time but august 24th i'm having the first spread love army benefit fundraiser we're calling it the versus series so what we're doing is we're pinning six bands one-on-one so three different hour-long sets and uh they're going to battle each other right in between a crowd so there's be two stages a crowd in the center they'll do two songs maybe shit talk a little bit mm-hmm. other band will play two songs maybe shit talk a little bit and it'll be this little ongoing battle for an hour three different sets um and the way that the winner is selected is through uh, crowd donations so mm-hmm. every musician will have a bucket with their name on it and the crowd donates to the bucket and at the end of the night, we count up who has the most money in their bucket. They are ultimately declared the winner, which they they only receive bragging rights. All the money is going to be donated to the Ronald McDonald Foundation of Pittsburgh, which I have reached out to. I have gotten approval for their uh, involvement, and they have uh, they seem very excited, and they're going to help promote as well. But August 24th, it's at the Thompson Club in West Mifflin, which is my hometown. I'm from West Mifflin. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're trying to make it a big event. I, we're going to have four live painters, six bands, multiple baskets to raffle off as well. And mm-hmm. uh, it's free, but we're asking for $5 suggested donations at the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, Louis Castle, who's a, a veteran for the rawness of reality, yeah. will be performing. Uh, God Hates Unicorns will be performing. Sykes and the New Violence, the Moat Rats. Uh, uh, oh man, Sachem Arenda is another one, and uh, it's going to be a good time. Uh, Siren Reed is another artist. I'm trying to get everyone's names yeah. out there. Uh, painter-wise, we have Steve Pierce, who's a, a, a legend in the city. Uh, Nikki Bacon, Brenda Donovan, and myself will all be painting. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're trying to just raise as much money as we can. And I want this to be a regular reoccurring thing. So mm-hmm. August 24th, Spread Love Army Benefit Fundraiser. It's called the Versus Series, and I'd like to see everybody come out. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I'm painting every weekend. I typically have two to three live painting events all across the city. You could find those on Instagram at Zachary Rudder Art, mm-hmm. Twitter, Zach Rudder Art, Facebook, Zachary Rudder Art. It's very simple. I mean, even go to my website, you can find the links to everything. And uh, check out Studio Friendship Season 2 coming mm-hmm. soon. And, and also... Um if you guys are active and healthy, hop on the Healthy Ride. Yes, yeah. oh, I forgot all about the mm-hmm. Healthy Ride. Did an art competition earlier this year where they picked five artists from the city of Pittsburgh to paint one Healthy Ride rentable bike, mm-hmm. and I was one of the five that was selected. So there is a Spread Love Army bicycle that the city of Pittsburgh can rent and enjoy this beautiful views of the city uh, whenever. So if you guys see it, take pictures. I'd love to see the photos that you guys get and. Mm-hmm. Uh, enjoy. I thoroughly enjoyed speaking with Zachary Rudder today. I hope you all enjoyed listening. If so, please subscribe, rate our channel five stars, and leave a comment. Our episodes can only get better from here. And if you're listening to this episode, you realize it's past the date of August 24th, and you missed his Versus series. But don't worry, 
Zachary Rudder is having another performing series happening in mid-October, so keep up with his social media and check it out. His last one raised $1,300 for the Ronald McDonald Fund. I also want to give a big thank you to Mike Campus, our production manager, Jack Fay on audio engineering, and Joe Cal on the beats. And remember, stay raw with reality.